theme today, Woody? All right, today uh, we're going to cover a few topics, something interesting radio. And how was your weekend? It was good. What is this? Oh, we had a good weekend. Yeah, it's we Monday. had an actual three-day weekend. For those that didn't go to work. Thank God to the unions. <laughs> All right, so what's been going on is a lot of people have been going back to work and school starting back up, you know, but things haven't really changed much. So social distance is still a big, big part of what needs to be done. What's your take on it? Well, for starters, I feel that people need to take this more serious. Uh, people feel that it's a conspiracy or that this is not really happening, that the government is, you know, putting these numbers together and creating this environment for us. So for starters, I feel that we need to take social distancing more serious. I mean, do you think there's specific people that's not taking it seriously? For example, like, we just came to get something to eat. We just came from getting something to eat. What did you notice? That our servers were not wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> not that they were not just wearing masks. They were just sitting by the counter. We came in with the mask. Then they decided to put on a mask. But in all fairness, Woody, would you say that they didn't have their mask on because they were eating when we walked in? Yes, they, they were eating. So, so far, since we are based in New York, Brooklyn, New York at that, I actually do notice a lot of people are actually a lot of places they do wear masks they 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 you know they they go with it some people do not i've seen, I was watching the news the other day where bodega owners and employees were actually getting attacked they were actually fighting customers up in the Bronx well that's where it was placed at because the bodega owners weren't wearing masks or because the customers weren't wearing masks? Well, from what I was watching the news, a few customers came in, you know, no masks, no entry policies. It's been, it's, it's been around a lot of places. And they try to reinforce that. Some people are not having it. They just want to go in as they choose. And the owner, I guess, feels like, you know, they got to let people know you need to wear a mask. And some people didn't take it too lightly. They actually fought them. And the bodega owners actually put up a few fights. I see the videos where they were actually putting up the dukes with the customer. Now, do you feel that business owners have the right to refuse service to people who don't want to wear masks? That's a thin line because this is still something that's new and also is not part of somebody's characteristic where you can be like, yo, you refuse it because of the character. This is more like an accessory. So it is, it is a thin line. But again, you can always go back to the old topic, public health. Would you call it an accessory or a necessity? Based on what's going on, science hasn't really explained everything. They say it's a necessity, but who knows? What they, sometimes they say certain masks work. Certain masks do not. So is it a necessity based on the type of mask? Is it a necessity based on what? Your health condition? That's the real question. The necessity is based on the need to stay safe or the need to create a barrier between COVID and yourself. I mean, there's plenty of different ways you're going to catch COVID. I personally wear a mask because I'm like, okay, it doesn't hurt to. Second, it makes, I guess, those around me more comfortable. 
but also you, you know you get COVID. I guess it's through contact. You know, touching the same equipment, whatever it is, materials, whatever it is. Just being around certain people, you touch this, and I touch it like ten minutes later. It's still possibly able to get to me. So, the mask wearing, I'm not against it. I wear it. It doesn't hurt me. Fifty-fifty chance. But are you aware that wearing the mask, you're covering two orifices where the COVID can enter? I'm off in my nose. Right. And by the way, folks, your mask does go over your nose too. <laughs> people don't. I'm guilty of that sometimes. Like I have my mask on. So and it's, like it's not a hanky nose. to catch your running nose. You know what it is for me? The I have glasses. So you know what happens when you have glasses and a mask on? They fog up. They fog the fuck up. Yes. So at that point, I'm like, oh, every second I gotta wipe my glasses. I'm like, you know what? Let me just keep it right like at the tip underneath my nose where it looks like I'm covering my nose, but it really is not. Because otherwise my my glasses are gonna get fogged up constantly. If anyone has any solutions to Woody's first world problems, please contact <laughs> the show. Something interesting radio at Gmail. Yeah, send me some advice. Cause some people somebody told me I've tried with goggles. You spit on it, you wipe it with spit, it keeps it from fogging up. Gross. A lot of divers do that. They they put in spit on their fog, foggy glasses or goggles or whatever, and it keeps it from fogging up. I'm going to need you to Google that and tell me what in your saliva causes an anti-fog environment. I'm not disputing it. I'm just curious. That's just something interesting. Let's, let's try it. Let's see. Saliva on goggles. That's the thing does come up, actually. Okay. Rubbing a bit of saliva around the inside of your goggles adds a layer of water to the lens, which will stop condensation from forming. It won't stop your goggles from fogging forever, but it's a great short-term solution. It means you avoid putting any chemicals near your eyes. Woody has just taught me something today. Yes. Saliva is an anti-fog agent. Not fully, temporarily. Temporary. So you probably got to spit. <laughs> got to work up a few spits throughout the day. <laughs> so now, if you're running laps, do you like stop every lap and nah, re-saliva your lens? No, nah, it's like I mean, I, I personally haven't done it because I'm, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm not doing that either. I, I would take, take a chance to have somebody else spit on your glasses. Go ahead, but not me. Ooh, so I just really um, when I'm around people, I I cover my nose. Um, but that's one of my main reasons for not fully covering my nose because my glasses do fog up. Maybe it's because of my hot breath. I don't know. <laughs> so I had someone tell me one time that they don't like wearing the mask because mm. those masks, the material that they use for it, smells like dog feces. Maybe it's their breath. <laughs> that was my thought. <laughs> that because be my in real guess. time, the person does have hot breath. So I just felt like you're getting a taste of your own medicine. Maybe like, are you sure? Be like, ah, let's try something different. Brush your teeth and put it on right after. What do you smell? If yeah. you smell mint, then it's your breath. Yeah, I've yet to find <laughs> a mask that smells like dog feces. How about you, Woody? Not me, not yet. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I hope not either. So um, yeah, as far as the mask, you know, the restaurants have been abiding by that. But one of the big things we were talking about is indoor and outdoor dining because of that. Right. So here in New York, they have a lot of streets where the restaurants are allowed to use the sidewalks, allowed to use the parking area in front of their business. 
to create like a little outdoor environment. They build it up and everything like that. Where they provide like it's like a cabana sometimes, or you have like just little sitting areas. Right. You been in one of those so far? We actually sat at one about twenty minutes ago, Woody. <laughs> We're waiting for our food. I didn't do a full eat out. I was actually supposed to go to one because I wanted to try try one out. But they one look of my... a bit frightening, no? Not really. I mean, you're right there in the street, technically. But people know because a lot of us aren't doing it now, so people are more aware of it. But I do want to try one out. So what I want to talk about as far as indoor and outdoor dining. Being that the weather will change, what's the impact you think that's going to be? How would that change the game? I was thinking that perhaps they're going to provide them with those heaters. You ever seen the heaters that like the doorman use? It's like overhead and like the baseboard. Like where they cover the sides also with plastic where just like encase them in there? Right. Well, I wouldn't say so much encase them. I I would just say provide like overhead heat and and like uh, heat towards the feet and you're still outdoors because you still need that air to circulate to constitute outdoor dining. But question now is, are people willing to go out now? Now that summer's officially over, you're going to get the fall, you're going to get to winter. This is not where you're going to a football game outdoors. You know you're going to be outdoors. You're prepared to be outdoors. You got your coat and everything. This is where you're going to dinner. You're going out on a date. You're going out with the family. It's going to be the new in thing, though, Woody. Hey, let's go eat outside. <laughs> it's going to be the new in thing to do. You're going out on a date, and you got to tell a person, like, let's let's go outside and freeze off. Yes. I don't know, man. They wanna... have people who pay to stay in an igloo for a whole week, and the bed is made out of ice, and everything is made out of ice. Some people enjoy the cold. But I think the restaurant business, as far as a hit they already took, they're going to take a harder hit. Oh, they the are going to take a harder hit. Because I've seen the other day, was it last week, and it was actually pouring outside, which is kind of interesting. I've seen people, nobody budged. Like, they were still sitting there. They did not budge. I'm like, okay. At that point, I was like, all right, let's just take this to go. Now, did it provide shelter? No, they had the, you know, they had the little thing covering the top of their head, and they were in a booth. Right. But it's raining. Right. Wind is picking up. There's no way you're avoiding that. And I also, like, I can't see them, like you said, providing, like, a shelter with, like, plastic because then you're no longer outside. It's like you've created uh, an indoor environment if you provide plastic for windows. So, question to you is, you have, where in New Jersey, they have indoor dining. But right across the bridge in New York, you do not. You have Long Island, you have indoor dining. But you cross that borderline to Queens, you don't. Would you say that's due to the density of our population? We have a larger population and perhaps our mayor and governors don't want to chance that happening with so many people concentrated in the city. I mean, I think it probably is a political thing, but... Because the people that's, they could just, we could just go to Long Island. Or we could just go to New Jersey and eat and come right back. So is it really stopping the spread? Really? Well, I wouldn't say that it's stopping the spread, but I would say that it's limiting the amount of people because 
how many people are really going to go to Long Island to eat? Like, just think of people that you know in your concentrated neighborhood. I'm how many of them do you feel, you know, like are really going to leave their neighborhood to go to Long Island? I mean, I mean, I would say, uh, as far as really going out, I don't know. You don't, I mean, think about it. Like, they have people who, like, never even left their neighborhoods, Woody. People that never left Brooklyn. People that never left Manhattan. People that never left Staten Island. Like, and this demographic of people, are they going to make this specific trip to Long Island just because they can eat indoors there now? I mean, do you think they should be indoor dining just to accommodate certain areas, certain neighborhoods? I mean, I don't feel that we should go towards indoor dining. Yeah, I think it's still too soon for us to jump on that wave. So if if you could have people work out in a gym to a limited capacity, I think like a 30%, why can't you do the same for indoor dining? Because... You know, well, isn't it you cannot catch COVID through sweat? Is, am I correct with that? That I'm not sure. They, they say droplets. So you, it is transmitted through droplets? Yeah, so that's what they state. But I don't know what the full extent is. That's what they usually say, you know, the mouth, the nose, the eyes, and things like that. It's through droplets. So being that you can have a gym at a certain capacity, about 30%, I think now, why not have a restaurant where actually people are not moving about, number one? The waiter, they have their table, waiter brings them their food. You can space them out. They eat. Worst case scenario, they go to the use the restroom, they go back to the table, they eat, pay their bill, and walk out. The traffic is very limited compared to a gym where machine hopping, equipment touching, it's just, and you would need more ventilation, I would assume, in a gym. Well, I don't even really believe that the gyms should be opening back up. Are the gyms opening back up? Yes, in New York they have. Oh, they've already opened back up. They have, I think, last Tuesday or Wednesday, one of them, I think. Okay, well, I, I haven't done much research on that, so I'm not a connoisseur on that point. But I just don't feel that the city should start opening up all of these businesses without first seeing what's happening in areas that are less dense. So that may also, in my opinion, be a reason why these other areas are opening up before the city because they probably want to use that as a role model or they want to trial and error. Let's see what it happened. Let's see what happens in a population of a hundred people as opposed to a population of a thousand people. And I, but it, I don't have a solution, but I have a lot of questions. Like in the sense of you have, okay, you have let's just say the big stores are open. But yet, certain places can't open. So now, you, you is is it is it the safety issue, or is it somebody has more pull politically? Because let's just say a lot of stores. It's, it's September now. A lot of stores been closed since say March, six months. These store owners don't have the income. They rent for that location to still do. Usually, when you're self-employed, you don't. I don't really think you get unemployment. You're probably only gonna get the COVID which the government, the federal government was providing. 
that that has come out to this finish line. So you're telling somebody they can't create a livelihood based on this, but what are you doing to help them not sink? Right. So that's 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 a tough situation, and they looking at other states and other areas like okay, they are able to do it. And at what point do you kind of take the decision out of the government's hand to be like okay, this let somebody present their plan to you and you approve it instead of you trying to come across a, a, a general plan for everybody, which they they it might not be feasible for every business. Right, I understand that point, but on the other side of that coin would you rather be hasty and try to open everything up and then find out later that oh this is what happened because we were hasty or would you rather be proactive and take your time opening back up businesses like I completely understand the financial impact that having your business closed you know, is the financial impact that it's taking on people. But on the other hand, the government has provided a lot of uh, grants and loans to keep businesses afloat. To those that, that were able to get it. Some other corporations and businesses did actually tap into that. Well, those were the grants. Those were the grants that a lot of the companies that were... Do you... Our listeners can't see what I'm doing, Woody, but this and is the a, air quotes. <laughs> yeah, the small businesses. Yeah, they suck dry all of those grants, but the small businesses can also uh, take advantage of all the other um, loans that the SBA are offering. Uh, for example, they're uh, giving like the small business loans, and then they have another loan. Um, I'm not sure if it's like. PPP or something like that. Payment protection. Right, which is like for the payroll of your employees. And then they have like a disaster relief loan. So there are different loans in place to help these small businesses, which by the way, they don't have to pay back within the first year. Is a 3%. Based on how they use it. Based on how they use the loan. Right. Well, no, you don't have to pay it back the first year you don't pay the loan back, period. The first year, you don't pay the loan back. And then after that, um, I believe is a 3% interest rate for 30 years. So the amount that you're paying back is condensated as opposed to getting a traditional loan. So a lot of these businesses are being offered some type of relief. But the issue is, was that business in good standing before COVID? That's another issue. First things first. You can't blame COVID for everything, Woody. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm No, not you personally. <laughs> not you personally. You plural. COVID cannot be the blame for every downfall when it comes to a business uh, going under. Yeah, like you said, like some business, they, they were in debt before or... They were already struggling before and things like that, barely making it by. But what I'm saying is like, all right, you said there are these grants, there are these fundings and things like that. But let's look at some people that, that don't know about these things. Like, what is being done to, to put the message out there? And sometimes the paperwork is confusing. Well, now they have a streamlined application, Woody, where you just go on to the website and it's only one application that 
the consumer or business owner has to fill out and that one application will cover all the different programs that they that mm -hmm. they offer and uh, it's actually been streamlined it, it is I've seen some I was watching this thing where you had like this older couple you know not too keen on English and everything like that these people sometimes they suffer and it just depends on what your access is to just having information to be able to go after to know what you're eligible for. So that's another battle for them. But as far as indoor and outdoor dining, it's, it's, it's I don't know, man. How, how, how's that going to last? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm comfortable with picking my food up and taking it home. You're not comfortable <laughs> with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm cool with it. I just, it's different. What's what what is different? Like the What's whole point. bothering you so much about the restaurants not opening back up? No, nah, it's just the listen. Man, I've, I've adjusted to this whole thing anyway, so to me, it's not a it's not a humongous deal. But it's just like when you reminisce how you used to go to a restaurant. Like, is the reason to get out the house? You know, even though you could cook, you could get food. Like, you know, I'm just gonna go out to easy. I'm gonna go out. But after the restaurant, go for a walk, go and chill, see what's around the town. So the restaurant's like a gap filler of like, get out the house, then come up with an idea. Now, you can't go to a restaurant. It's like, all right, what do we do? <laughs> you actually have to think now. Like, all right, what do I do now? What do I take? You from? can uh, make a date out of cooking the meal. I know. I'm, I'm very romantic on that, but I don't know how to cook, ladies and gentlemen. You, you can fake the funk. Oh, man. Yo, you've yo, you been saying I've been faking the funk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you can fake nah, it till you make it. I'm a good egg cooker, man. I cook, I cook a mean eggs. Like, you give me some eggs, I'll cook something mean, man. Okay, let me just ask you this quick question because this is like a constant debate in my house. Do you beat your eggs in a separate bowl? Separate bowl than what? Like, if you're making scrambled eggs, uh -huh. do you beat your eggs in a a bowl before you introduce it to into the pan? Hell yeah, who doesn't do that? I don't. You beat them inside the pan? Yes. You don't let your pan warm up? Yes. No. I let what my do you pan mean? No, yes. Let me teach you how to cook. Eggs. Okay. Woody <laughs> is gonna teach me how to cook. Okay, I'm Eggs. listening, Woody. <laughs> I don't know anything else. I take my I take my, my pan, I put like a little bit of fire underneath it just to let it warm up a tad bit. Then I put my eggs, I crack my eggs, because I want I want the eggs to make it starts frying. So I want that pan to be hot. Mm -hmm. So I give it a little bit of fire to throughout time and warm up. Crack my eggs, put it in a bowl, and I beat it like it stole something. <laughs> <laughs> I put my little onions, my little, you know, seasoning, salt, pepper, whatever it is I'm putting in there, some parsley, whatever it is. I'm thinking, parsley you know, whatever, whatever. I'm telling you, I can make a mean eggs. Okay. You can put some breadcrumbs in there if you want. Breadcrumbs in there. I'm telling you, you'll be okay. surprised at what makes I'm eggs taste good. I'm not doubting it. You just, you just beat it up. Then you put it in the pan. But when you put it in the pan, like, are you really getting the eggs? Because, number one, I don't want the eggs to spill out of the pan while I'm beating it up. Okay, my eggs don't ever spill out of the pan when I beat them. Then it's not properly scrambled. They are. They're the way it's I shaking, like them scrambled. scrambled. All right? It's, it's not. Yeah, it's the way I like them scrambled. No, because I'm like, speaking of eggs, uh, well... What, what's up with people that eat fried eggs? What the hell is that? I love fried eggs. It's mushy inside. No, I like my fried eggs well fried, though. 
Nah, man, I ordered some eggs. I actually said fry by accident. I can't make those all gooey. I'm like, I can't eat this shit. No, man. some people like to dip their, you know, bread and different provisions inside the yolk, but oh, I don't like the way the yolk smells. You must just beat the eggs and just drink it. Yeah, I don't like the way the yolk smells. So I like, I also don't like the yolk in boiled eggs. So if I eat a boiled egg, I would only eat the egg white, not the yolk. I don't like the way it smells. No, but if you cook it really good, it's like solid, like it's good. It's not the texture, Woody. It's the smell. Don't smell it. Put some pepper on it. Put some salt. No. Something to do mustard. Something like to do ketchup. Yolk. I don't like the way. But Did you, you just say mustard and ketchup with egg yolk? You can do that. Okay. Yo, mustard fix everything, bro. I mean. I do like it in deviled eggs. Uh, it fixes mustard, fixes everything. So you're a mustard lover. Uh, hot dog, mustard. Yeah, I sandwich. Like mustard as well. I, I, I order a sandwich, a cold cut sandwich. I gotta have mustard. Now, do you like ketchup? Ketchup is cool, but it depends. Like, I would like ketchup on my hot dogs. I do ketchup on my burger, but after that, I'm not. I'm a tomato guy. Yeah. I'm a tomato guy. I eat tomatoes by itself. I don't care. Oh, and I don't. I love yeah. tomato products, but I don't like the fruit itself. Nah, I'm a tomato guy. Shit out the gate. No, I don't like the texture mm. of the seedy part. Uh, tomatoes are refreshing, man. You eat a tomato on a hot day, cold tomato, you be like, ah, probably get a lot of heartburn afterwards, but no, that's a reflex. Okay, so now back to these restaurants opening back up. What's your opinion, people? Should the restaurants open back up or should we continue in the slow progression of opening them back up? Yep, and you can reach out to us at somethinginterestingradio at gmail.com and let us know what you think. And another thing that's changing too is, as far as social distancing, you know, Labor Day. The famous Labor Day parade. Just so, parades so in general. Sad. So, so sad. Canceled. This is the first year. Canceled. Canceled. This is the first year that the Labor Day Parade did not go. I, I still can't wrap my brain around it. And it's a, it, it is a big deal around here where, you know, you have the half-naked women running down Eastern Parkway. <laughs> That's what you I were looking it. forward to, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Now, yes. do they walk past where you, where you live? Do you see a lot of the flow of traffic? No. Actually... Where I'm at, I'm probably less than 10 minutes away from where the starting point. Mm-hmm. Starting point is what, by Buffalo? I'm That's sure. like, yeah, over there by Eastern Parkway and uh, like Buffalo, Rochester. Yeah. yeah, so I that's the, the starting the, point. Lincoln, what's the name of the park up there? I'm not even sure. Is it Lincoln Terrace? I have no idea. Yeah, let's Google it. I believe it's Lincoln Terrace. Yeah, that's, what it is. that's not too far from me, like less than 10 minutes from, from me. So right. sometimes you see the aftermath when the parade is done. All the, all the girls walking back. You know, Caribbean girls, they don't care. They, they come out in their skimpy outfits. My father loves the part where they dance on the cops. Oh, that's what he likes? Because <laughs> the girls make them uncomfortable. What park is that? Okay, I'm trying to find here. I can't find. I do know that it ends in... Uh, the Grand Army Plaza? Right, it ends by Prospect Park. Yeah, about Grand Army Plaza, about the library, you know. Yeah, so this year is there's definitely and on top of that over here, prior to the Labor Day parade, what's the famous thing they do on on that on that night before? 
Juve. Juve. That is a party to end all parties. Dangerous, but lively. (laughs) Have you participated in Juve events? I did it it a couple of times, man. Juve is is definitely different. It's not for those that's not out to get wild. Yeah. If you're not out to get wild, stay home. Stay home. Watch a movie. Anything goes. Anything goes. Anything goes in Juve. When I mean anything goes, anything goes from good to bad. It goes. goes. And it goes from zero to 60. Real quick. (laughs) Real quick. (laughs) So it's like, so Juve was was pretty much canceled, but not canceled in the public's eye. It was canceled. What would be a good terminology? It was stated to be canceled. The city did not want anybody participating. So the city did not endorse it? Did not endorse it one bit. (laughs) They, They sent out, I think, a additional cops to patrol areas to ensure that juve did not occur juve did not happen juve was not given birth to and what did our west indian community say hell no we won't go <laughs> why y'all say you want me to stand on what i say what the matter say now they said juve i go <laughs> so I didn't, I, I didn't participate this year right because I don't know why, I just did. Question, who would you say has the livest float? I, I'm going to be biased. I mean, And I know where you're going because I'm thinking the same, but go ahead. I'm, gonna be, I'm Haitian, so I always feel like the Haitians, you know. I feel the same. But you, I got to give some credits to, to the Trinis, man. The Trinis, I would say... They have better costumes than the Haitian float. Hey, watch your mouth now. Hey, I'm just being <laughs> honest. I would say that the Trini float is more visually aesthetic in the sense that their costumes are always on point. Their choreography is on point. They're, it's just like vibrant and it makes you feel like a, a carnival. Whereas the Haitian float makes you feel like a block party. It's like they, <laughs> when their float, when the Trinidadian float is passing by, everybody joins with the Trini and they dancing it's along and they dancing song, along man. and dancing. But when the Haitian float, there's sort of like no rhyme or reason. And it's just like one <laughs> big party. I'm with. I'm with. It's just that. It's just one big party going down, and it's like they're throwing, they're throwing powder. They're, yeah. It's just one big party, and it's like no rhyme or reason, whereas the Trini floats is like more organized. Yeah. Do Would you as agree you with choose that? on a Haitian float. Would you agree with that, Woody? Yeah, it kind of is like that. Yeah. The Trini's like, for some reason, they probably do show for rehearsal. No, <laughs> they, yeah, know. it's like more orchestrated, more rehearsed. <laughs> it's like choreo, they have like choreography. And the Haitian flow, you guys just freestyle, and it's just They're like, like hey, 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 just, just show up. The the the, the flow is leaving at nine fifteen, and everyone just shows up. Show right? up, yo, man. Let me get a shirt. You got a red and blue shirt. Let me get a shirt. <laughs> let me get a flag. Yeah. Whereas the Trinis, they probably from the last Labor Day, they already starting to put together Facts. their float for the next Labor Day. But you guys know how to party. But the Jamaicans, ooh, they know how to live it up though. Jamaicans, I would say, yeah, but they're also like more controlled. They they party, but to a certain level. I just find like the Haitians, you guys 
just it's just like one big because also the Jamaicans they have their massive costumes they have their choreography they have their color scheme you guys are rebels do you know that you guys were the first nation that Freedom. told the slave masters hell no get the f up out of our island do yes, you guys yes, do you yes, realize yes, that yes indeed yes is it Toussaint Levatois? No, Tucson. Is it Tucson? Was it Tucson or Levatois that uh, Tucson. led that led the Tucson. revolt? Tucson. Tucson. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. Like you guys are rebels. Yeah, I mean, but definitely like this is something like the parade has always been nice, man. You just see a different like the islands and everybody just out, and and you do notice the difference of the, all the different islands. You do the, notice yeah. the cultures are all different cultures. People, people who like that's not used to it just come out. They and think it's, it's just big one big West Indian thing, right? And it's a good thing. It's like you know, it's, it's a it's a oh, it was it's a, it's a black parade, and you just see your culture. Even though you're here, you see your culture. People that didn't let it go, and it's it's actually a good fun time. How about and, all the different foods that you get? Oh, you get everything, man. You, everything. You get right? everything. You get everything. You get the food. You get the music. You get the women. You get everything. Why do you keep adding the women, Woody? Like they, the women also, are on the menu. They are. Yes, they are. They're gorgeous. <laughs> if you go out to Labor Day parade, you gotta get a few numbers. If you don't get it, because I personally feel you like sound some like people... a sexual predator, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> now you go out there, you know, it's, a, it's a, the crowd come out to have fun, and if you if you vibing, you're having a good time. The ladies are having a good time. Everybody's chilling. Yeah, I would say it's, it's, it's a good environment. But it's also I would say like no one really goes out to meet a significant other. It's sort of like one big fun. Like hey, everybody's just saying. having fun. It's not like you're looking to really yeah, look up with this girls. person tomorrow or really like oh yeah I'm really interested in this girl. Let me just make sure that we hook up. It's just like for the moment, fun for that moment. Yes. And more. <laughs> you guys can't see, but Woody has this really <laughs> weird, weird look on his face. Oh man. What are you reminiscing day. about, Woody? Oh, the good times, man. The good times before parade, social distancing. Before they started having parades on the computer, they had a virtual parade. The Puerto Rican Day parade was virtual. They, oh. had, they had it online. I'm like, what is this? The Puerto Rican parade is another parade that's lit. Oh man, I remember. Yo, they have remember a lot that? of fun. They have a, yo. I went to one, one. I went to to it twice, and I'm not even Puerto Rican. <laughs> you don't have to be Puerto Rican and to enjoy the parade. Yo, I, yo, that's another spot with beautiful women. Oh my god, and that's a, that parade usually takes place in the city, and that usually is a good parade because. You have the Bronx, where they have a lot of Hispanics. Then you have different areas. Because if you have it in the city... You, you have, have Spanish Harlem. Spanish Harlem. And it's that alone is a huge population. So when you have it in the city where you, everybody has access to... Well, the Bronx, Puerto Rican community... Is deep. Manhattan's Puerto Rican community... Deep. Brooklyn, Puerto Rican community... Bushwick is deep. Is deep. So, I'm not too sure about Queens and Staten Island. Queens, you'll catch them, but it's not really a community, community type right. thing. But you'll catch them out there. And how about Staten Island? Uh, nobody goes to Staten Island. <laughs> I'm gonna say, and I dare, I dare say this. I'm gonna uh -oh, say the uh -oh, uh -oh. confused Puerto Ricans live. Oh man! Or the ones who want to lose touch with their culture. That's where you find them at? <laughs> That's where Staten Island is I'm saying is that between clenched teeth. 
It's just the, been my experience. For the Lord's souls. It's been my experience. Uh, Not just Staten Island. Queens uh, as well. Nah, nah Queens, you're, you're catching Long Hispanics Island. there. I haven't come to much Hispanics in Long Island, though. Oh, there is. There's actually a really large Salvadorian community in Nassau County. Is it pure? Yeah, pure. Like... Accident and like, everything. Fresh immigrants and first generation Salvadorian, they actually have a large MS 13 uh, community out there in Long Island. <laughs> That's what we launched into. What's that? That's what we launched into MS 13. <laughs> well, I mean, I just wanted to mention that. I mean, it's something interesting. If you was coming out of I don't know how to go to that neighborhood. In case you want to move to, you're looking into moving to Long Island, guy. they have a large Salvadorian community and also a large MS 13 community. Wow, man. Yes, those, those parades, man, it gave me a lot of flashbacks, a lot of throwbacks, how, how it used to be and the good times, how they were. And that's why right now, social distancing is really. It's a really wake up as far as how things change and it's going to be missed. Hopefully one day we get back to it. Hopefully, you know, for the better. What do you miss the most after this, uh, in this post social distancing world that we're living in or we're experiencing today? What does Woody miss the most? I miss, oh wow. This was, this was supposed to be my traveling year, 2020. I bought a package where I was gonna travel a lot. What I missed the most is what I didn't get to experience. That, that would but be how take. can you miss something that you never experienced? That's because I, I know I missed out. But you can't miss what you never had. No, but I know I missed out. But you can't miss out on something you never had. But I planned on doing so it. So that's, it's like I that's... didn't. Technically, I did miss out because I did plan on doing it. Okay. So I technically missed what out. What a way of building your anxiety, missing something that you never had. Do I have anxiety? I don't. I have a different types of anxiety. I don't know. Are there various types of anxiety? I don't really have anxiety. Anxiety, like you know, people just freak out all the time. Yeah. I don't have that. I have like, it's getting nervous. Considering anxiety, yeah, yeah. I think anxiety is like when you live your world on what if, what if, what if, what uh, if, what if. Like it's so much like you're not sticking to reality or like what's currently happening. You're constantly thinking about what if, what if. What if? Mm, I still, I don't think I have anxiety. Yeah. But I, what I let's see to really answer your question, not jump into what I would have wanted to do. What I do miss more is just being able to move about, like where you could just go as you as you want to go, be where you want to be. So that's that's definitely something I miss, like getting up in the morning and be like, I'm just gonna go here. And not worry about oh, just like just like now we're going to get something to eat. You say oh man, I forgot my mask. Wasn't that horrible? Yeah, like <laughs> that's like the new norm. And I had to literally walk up two flights of stairs to come back and get my mask. Yeah, so that's something I do miss having that carefree attitude. Like oh, I just walk in and not worry about oh, does somebody have COVID or can I get COVID? Am I going to be allowed in this in this uh, establishment because I don't have a mask? Am I? gonna be able to do certain things if I don't have a mask or abide by the mask rules or the the space rule, get somebody six feet and so forth. So I do miss that that freedom to move about. What about you? Well I don't know about you but like I I do get anxiety and one of the uh 
factors of my anxiety is every day I go to work and they shoot this gun at you to see your temperature. Oh. <laughs> that thing just freaks me out because I'm like, oh, yeah. And then not only are you going to tell me I have a temperature, but there's a hundred guys behind me that's going to hear you say I have a temperature. So that right there every morning kind of sort of freaks me out. Things going wrong? Yeah, it's like... Yeah, that's that freaks you out? Well, to have that gun pointed in my face and then the guy it, looks at me and he's like, oh, you have a hundred degree fever. It's, 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 it's a thermometer. No, it is a thermometer, but it's the result that that oh, thermometer the is going to spit out that causes oh, me to see. like start freaking out because it's like... You're scared. I don't, I don't, you have a fear of the unknown. Yes, because I know like, a lot of people like that. You think that you're good. There's people who had COVID and they were asymptomatic. They had mm. no idea that they, they had it. that they had it. But now this guy, you're, you're, you're a regular day. You wake up, you're going to work, you're about to sign in. The guy sh points the temperature gun at you and he tells you, you have a 99 degree fever. I've been to a site where they don't tell you anything. He just tells you, okay, yes or no? go. Yeah. Wow. They don't tell you what your temperature is. So we actually it's like, yo, I should be entitled to my own temperature because no, we don't tell you. Oh, okay. I was like, but technically, should I be entitled to my own temperature? I'm not asking for the next man's temperature. Right, I want my own I'm temperature. I'm on a job site. Like, oh, I just give you my own temperature. Right. And so at least I know every day I'm consistent with a certain temperature. So did he say that that's proprietary? Like, I'm like, I'm like, yo, bro, it's my temperature, but I didn't even want to sit there and argue. I'll pass, though. Well, the building I'm in now, they don't take my temperature. The building I'm in now, to be honest with you. You self. They don't even. Like, some of these guys don't even wear masks. At one point, I was like the only guy with a mask on on the job site. I'm not even understanding. This new job that I'm on, they don't take your temperature. What you do is you tell them. How you feel it. How you feel it. <laughs> I've been there. I was at a job site where you fill out a form. Yeah, it's a form. Did, did, did you, have you been around anybody with a fever? Anybody with a symptoms? Anybody that tested positive for COVID? Have you felt any any type of symptoms recently? Have your temperature raised? I'm like, do you know I could just lie on this? But this is what I want. I'm like, who's going to really say yes unless it's that guy that doesn't want to come to work? That's another thing. I was having a conversation. I think it was a woman also. We said, um, you can't even call out of work like, like oh, I'm not feeling well today. Right. You're like, oh, whoa, you have to what? A letter. You're not feeling well. Come back with a letter. You got to stay out two weeks. I'm like, which is another issue now. Like, if you really, you can just have a stomach ache. You cannot call out of work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is crazy. But we're going to take a short break and get back. We're going to take a quick break and see what happens here. All right. Welcome back to our show. Yes. Um, the last topic as far as no longer being, a, being able to call out of work. And that's one of the things now we're jumping into where kids are going back to school. Right. Will parents not be able to call out of work because their kids are home? Or is it going to be like, okay, like how's that going to affect a lot of people? Because, you know, you already can't call out because you don't want to give the insinuation that you have something about calling out sick. You don't want to alarm sick. anyone. Exactly. And now you have some parents where they used to, school was actually a, a way for them to go to work because they had somewhere to place their kids. Right. So it was like a babysitting service for them. Yeah. Now, so kids are going back to school. And out here in New York, it's been postponed for in-person on the 21st of September, virtual learning on the 16th. So... Pause. <laughs> what are your feelings on the measures that 
the mayor has made for our children to return back to school? Well, they claim they have to have proper ventilation, proper spacing. I think it's going to be nine kids to a classroom now. Nine children? Yep. Yeah, so you hate the word. I feel like you hate the word kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, kids are I am guilty of using it occasionally, but I do try to not utilize it. Yeah, so it's going to be nine students now. I think students. Yes. <laughs> nine students per classroom, which I feel like is going to be very, very difficult. Because I mean they kind of they kind of spread it out by doing the the at home part, but some of our school systems here they had up to twenty five kid I mean children in a classroom, so now to shrink that down to like about a third, is it going to be majority that's going to be home and how's that going to work? You know they have to be inside the classroom now with the mask on all day, so and we all know the students following instructions is going to be difficult, right? Because you have adults where they get up and just take the mask off. So social distancing back and, and back in a school environment is going to be very difficult. As you see, like down in Texas, where they had a, a school crowded hallway, no one had anything on, and that school had an outbreak. Right. So, well, as Woody is speaking, I'm going to pull up a picture and show him. Continue. Mm-hmm. And one of the options, I do believe, like kids should actually, well, all the children should be going to school to a certain point. So. My daughter option was a two and three. So she does two days at school physically and it'll be three days virtual learning. Okay. Which I do feel like is kind of beneficial to an extent because they get that social that socializing with one another. So, you know, they get they get to talk to their peers. You know, if they if they were stressed out, they see their friends and things like that where they're not always stuck at the house. And, and all sorts of things is going on. So I think that method where you have X amount of days in and X amount of days out, that is a good approach. So until we come up with a better system, I'm kind of on board with that. How about you? Uh, well, my son's school, they had two options. The first was hybrid learning, which is one day on, one day off. And the next option was uh, complete remote learning. And I actually gave my son the option of choosing. Now, mind you, this is his first year in high school. Difficult. So I gave him the option of, do you want to do remote, complete remote learning, or do you want to do hybrid? And he went with the complete remote learning. Why do you think that is? Uh... I think he's really afraid of the COVID. And he has a group of friends who he's been in school with since kindergarten. And a couple of them are also going to the same high school that he's going to be attending. So I think that collectively they decided they were going to all do remote learning. Which, by the way, I'm completely okay with. Do you you also encourage them to... You know, I understand COVID is something that I really fully understands now. Do you encourage him, like, somewhere down the line, since this is his first year of high school, even if maybe next year, to even just try to do a couple of days in school? As oh, yeah, of course. But, but also, I'm, I also, uh, I'm really leaving it up to him. Because I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, in, in kids socializing with one another. No, I, I 
I do understand the socializing factor, but to be quite frank, with so many different online platforms that mm. the children have available to them, the only thing that they don't really have is a physical touch platform because they are able to socialize. They're just not able to physically socialize, but the socializing, there are platforms available for them to socialize. It's not the same as meeting someone. No, it's not. No, it's it's totally not the same, but that's the world that we're living in now. I mean, think about 20 years ago, it wasn't the norm to text people and call people, and we got used to it. I'm not a texting fan, by the way. But you're a cell phone user. What's that right there? But I, I call and I don't sit there and text. So text 20, imagine to. 20 years from now that, or let's just go maybe like 30 years ago, that was like an unheard of technology where like everyone had their own PDA. Is Remember that a personal device? Remember house phones? You had to get a house phone. Yeah, everyone needed You call somebody's house phone. phone. Yeah, everyone had a house phone. There was like, or if you lived like in an impoverished building or neighborhood, like one person on the floor had a phone and everyone would go to Miss Betty's house to use the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody chipped in on the bill for Miss Betty. Yeah, no one chipped in the bill for Miss Betty, <laughs> but everyone, you know, used Miss Betty's phone number for emergency contact. Yeah, call my neighbor, she has a phone. Right. So, you know, it's just something that we have to get used to. Like everything else that's introduced to you, you just, it takes, uh, some uh, uh you know getting used to we have to just get used to these things the way that we're living nowadays so with what's going on as far as back to school which the meme you just showed me which is a kid. <laughs> would you like to read yeah. what the meme says with you um this is what the meme says here she just showed me which is kind of interesting so you have this kid talking to his dad and he has a mask on so the meme goes like this his dad asks him this is this isn't the mask you wore to school this morning so the kid replies no this one is way cooler. I traded mine to, to Taylor, who traded with Hunter. <laughs> so. <laughs> Can you not see this happening in school? Yo, it's crazy. It will happen. These kids will, like, you want to send your kid to school with a, you know, customized mask and things like that. And you want to, sometimes just to make sure they know it's their mask. And they probably will trade that mask so with another would, person. Would Taylor trade Hunter for yeah. his cool mask? So that one mask went to three bodies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that is crazy. So I really anticipate that happening where the yeah. children are going to like swap masks. And <laughs> yeah, Taylor's is cooler than Hunter. So yeah, yeah, that is funny. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I'm anticipating that's going to happen is, you know, the children are, they, they don't know so much about the spread of uh, bacteria and the spread. And even though we explain it to them, they... They really don't grasp that concept. So, us both being parents, again, again, our kids are much older, and they'll, they'll be more aware not to do that. Like, what kind of advice would you give to parents and anyone that's out there that want to, you know, send us some information as far as how can you prep your younger kids, your five-year-old, your six-year-old, to, you know, not be out there, like, for example, even trading masks or want to show somebody a mask temporarily, like, yo, put this on, this is easy to breathe through, and just not mask swapping, and well, how to basically just be more cautious in the schools, if anybody have any information, you know, something interesting, radio at gmail.com, send us in, and what's some of your advice you give out? 
Well, I would say uh, to send your child to school with at least three masks or... True. They do lose them. One, they're coming to school with one. I would suggest you put another one in their lunchbox. Another one in their little small zipper in their backpack. So that's uh, three, right? So the one they're wearing, one in their lunchbox, and one one in their lunchbox, and one in their zipper to their backpack. It's definitely fair because I myself as an adult, I think I've probably lost a couple of masks already. Well, we just discussed how <laughs> we went out to get something to eat, and I forgot my mask. I had to run back upstairs to get my mask. I left mm-hmm. it on the desk, and I had to run back up to get it. So I need to employ that as well and carry an extra mask inside of my purse. So that that doesn't happen again. So what other what other precautions would you like try to put out there just for parents just to be aware of some of these things? One of my concerns also have been since my child does take the public transportation bus to school. Fortunately, you know we're in a position where we can have somebody take her, where whether it's her aunt, my father, or whoever it is, a family member will be able to take her and bring her back. What about the the families that are unable to do that, where the the student will now have to take public transportation, which is another way of germs and, you know, it just exposes them at a higher level, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've never really thought about that because my son doesn't ride public transportation to school. Mm -hmm. I used to pay for a van service to pick him up and then my dad picked him up. Well, the... Band service picked them up in the morning, and then my dad picked them up for me in the afternoon. So, shout out to a good support system. Yo, yo, facts. That like that makes everything so much easier. Right. Like I tell you, right, like my family's great, man, and even friends in general. Like you have a good positive support system. It, it goes a long way. So it's shout out to whoever's doing it alone because it is not easy. Right. Well, how about the parents who now? Like you said, we're dependent upon the school as yeah. a babysitting uh, mechanism for their children. And now the children are on uh, hybrid learning or... Yep. How about what's going to happen to those parents that... Because now that the child has to stay home for remote learning, the parent cannot leave the child home alone. Because then that would bring on a ACS case. Yes, if it's a younger child. So now that opens up a bigger can of worms. Can so I, at what age can a child be left home alone? I actually don't know. I don't know either. Is it 12? How about we Google it? I'm not sure. It could be on a state-by-state state basis too. So that I'm not sure. So, um, they would have to look into that. Cause I think it probably could be on a state-by-state state basis. Because I know at a certain age, you can't even ride in the front seat. So I know being home alone is... is Right, I know that there's a certain age where children are allowed to stay home alone, and then there's like another age when they are allowed or permitted to like take care of younger siblings. Ah, babysitting. Right, but I don't know the exact age. That I don't know. Um, let's see. I think he's googling right now. Well, based on what Google says, home alone rule by state. Okay, so it is on a state-by-state basis? It is is definitely on a state-by-state basis. So, for example, we're in New York. 
So for example, we're in New York, right? It says New York itself. Let's see what it gives us here. New York has none. It says it says New York has none. So New York has none. None. There's there's no age. Of, I'm pretty sure you can't even read but that's what I'm saying. But it says North Carolina. It has to be minimum age of eight. Eight. Eight is the minimum age. North Dakota is nine and up. Uh, so I, it is definitely state by state. So if you, wow, Illinois is it says fourteen years old. Really? <laughs> that's crazy. And New York is none. Check this out, Kansas. It says Kansas is six years old. My friend used to live in Kansas. Yeah, wow. Can you imagine leaving a six-year-old home alone? That is crazy. That's what I'm looking at right now. Like, that yeah, I crazy. just left your dinner there. You just have to uh, open the package. <laughs> I mean, what's a, what's, a, what's a reasonable age? Like, you would feel comfortable. I would say, like, once they reach their teens. I'm comfortable. Yeah, 12, 13. Yeah. Is, 12, to me, 12 is comfortable. At least, like, you know, they could feed themselves. They could actually stick it to schedule you give them. They smart enough know not to open the door open for the anybody. Doors, right. They're smart enough to know to, not to, to, to tell someone they're home alone. Exactly. I was just about to say that. Make sure they know not to make it obvious that they are home alone. Um, and I think like yeah, twelve is about that age of maturity where you can actually start really prepping them to become a, a, a you know a young so young adult. Their entrance into middle school, you would say. Yeah, because usually in middle school I was taking a bus by myself, right. like pure public transportation by myself. And I was going in um, seventh grade, yeah, 12 years old, taking public transportation, coming home. So you would have that freedom to move about because right. I didn't come straight home after school. Where did you still. go, Woody? Nah, I hang out with my friends. Like mm-hmm. School would get out, we hung out a little bit, played basketball, hung out. Then I'd take the bus and go back home. Or we'd take the bus, get off of the, the regular bus stop and go to a near, nearby park. I didn't start going to school alone until I was in high school. Wow. And um, I had to come straight home. I mean... Would you say it's going to be the same for your daughter? Male and females are different. Talk. I feel like a son usually has that more sense of freedom where the parents can be like, all right, I don't have to make sure he he's not... If he's five minutes late, they're not going to panic. So you don't think that little boys can get raped? Anybody can get raped. Okay. Not even little boys. Adult men, adult, you know what I mean, can get raped. So let's not get that twisted. But in a sense of it's like, for some reason, I don't know if it just naturally appears that way. If your child, your son comes home five minutes late compared to your daughter being five minutes late, you don't hear from, you don't panic the same way. It's more like, all right, he's, he's probably lally gagging. Then if your daughter's like, yo, She's not here. Why she's not here? So it's like more nervous. You get more nervous. So, I mean, it it, it is different. Yeah, it is. I would say it is as well. I mean, my daughter was taking the bus. She was taking the bus by herself because I was picking her up at one point. Then my schedule changed, and she would take the bus. And I'm like, all right. One thing, parents is uh, shout out to the. It's I have an app that I use. Maybe parents can use it as well. It's it's pretty useful. We're not gonna we're it's not gonna real. name the app. We're, we're not gonna just name call the it app. a tracking device. It's a tracking app, so you could choose the ones that you like. But look up some tracking apps where you have it on the kids that have actual cell phones. Or when my daughter's actually elementary school, she wanted the phone badly. We gave her a phone where you could act. All you could do is text on it, oh. but it tracks. Okay. 
attract her yeah. location. So if you don't want to give your eight year old a full blown cell phone or your six year old a full blown cell phone, but then again, you know, you, when they six and eight, you're picking them up and you drop them off, or somebody's picking them, dropping them off. But you always have them where they at. Let's just say they go on a field trip. Right. You always have them. So what I have now is I have an app on my phone. You know, my daughter could take the bus. I can see where she be. I actually give me step-by-step update where she's at, cross streets, if her phone battery is low and things like that. And if I need to find I could actually direct myself straight to GPS to go to her. It'll give me direction on how to get to her. So certain apps, you might want to look into that. So if you if you that parent where you're in a circumstance where your child now has to go back to school on their own because you know you have to work or your schedule change or you're working from home because some parents just to travel with the kid on their way to work, drop them off to school and go to work. And if you can't do that anymore because you're no longer leaving the house to go to work, you could use that app, whatever type of app you you know you decide that you said follow on. Don't take it as spying on your kid, but just take it as a safety measure until you fully no, it's feel a confident. Measure. Yeah, safety measure until you're fully confident like things are going okay. Now, how would you feel if your significant other had that app on you? First of all, (laughs) 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 well, as an adult, you should, for starters. But if you want to know where I'm at, just ask me where I'm at. Okay, good And if you feel like I'm lying, then that's a bigger problem. That's That's a a bigger problem than where I'm at. You don't trust me overall, so (laughs) it doesn't matter where I'm at. You already don't trust me. I can literally be in my own bed sleeping, and you go, "Oh no, he's Where not you at, at home. Where you at? Um, I'm at home. No, you're you not. Get I don't that see your car. W W Y A question mark question mark. Oh, no, no, I just a whole bunch of question marks for no reason. <laughs> now let me ask you another question: Are you? Do you feel more secure sending your daughter on a bus or the train? I say bus. I agree with you, but why? I feel like a bus is easier and at any point where they don't feel safe, they have direct contact with the bus driver. That's most important. They can get off as they choose. They can tell the driver, let me off. There are people that, I feel like on a bus, since it's more of a closed area, there are more people more willing to help. It's condensed. It's like yeah, you see everything and everyone right there. Yeah, and sometimes and when you get on the bus, a child could choose to stay closer to the bus driver. Right. As when you get in the train, like, the conductor sometimes might not even be in that car. Uh, sometimes doesn't want to be bothered. How about that? And you have no access. You don't even see them. So you right. don't know if they're in there or not. So I feel like a bus is much safer. And if they need immediate assistance, not like on a train where they have to radio out, this and that, the child could call. If they're on a bus, they can actually call you while they're on the bus talking on the phone. They feel uncomfortable with somebody's just looking at them. Right. They can actually pick up their phone and be like, hey, Dad, could you just talk to me while I'm on this bus ride? Right. And you just talk to them to make them feel more at ease because they have service. On a train, you don't have that, that, that luxury. So I actually feel like a train is, uh, train is it's not my first choice, but I definitely feel like a bus is safer. Now, has your daughter ever ridden the train by herself? No. I think no matter of fact one she's taken it before but it's like for like two stops right because at one point sometimes her mother used to take the same train the same route she's going and she would get off to take another train two stops and get out okay so that is not bad as two stops you know you're getting off it's not like it's a long 30 20 minute ride you know you go on and things like that so some of the most sketchiest Things that I've experienced in the city of New York have been on the subway. 
Subway is weird. It is There's weird. a lot of weird shit that occurs <laughs> on MTA. And at any hour, that's the that's the that's the horrible part about it. It's not just at nighttime. It's at any given hour. I've witnessed some really crazy <laughs> shit at 6 a.m. heading to work, at 2 p.m. getting off of work, at 1 a.m. at 4 a.m. You do see some weirdos on the train. I give you that. I don't know why. At any time, it's at any weirdos. given time, it's like always some shit going on the train. Like yo, bro, like this is crazy. Like, and you got the break dancers. Mind you, everybody, this is a New York train, right? So we, I don't know how it is like in San Francisco, how it is out in whatever state they have trains in. Them shits are narrow inside. <laughs> Showtime! Yo, wow, the train rides. I've been on trains where I don't feel like driving to where I'm going. So I said, I'm gonna take the train over. It's easy, few stops for me to get home. But like, you're going downtown and you're like, let yeah. me just take this train two stops. Because yeah. I don't wanna pay $20 in parking. Exactly. And you get on train, you're like, I should just fucking drove. Yeah, you're just <laughs> like, why the hell did I take this train? Oh, man, man. I've, I've seen it all, man. From where you have the homeless person. Wilding out, like, wilding out, and you don't want to make talking. eye contact with them. Yo, you don't want to. Yo, I had one person. No lie, I'm on the, I'm on, the, I'm on the A train. Well, it was the C train because I think it's pretty late. Because the A train turns to the C train past 10 p.m. So I'm on the C train. This guy is asking for money. So I'm like, I got some change in my pocket. I get, I give him the change. I think in my pocket, but I used up most of the change already. So I had like two dimes. So I gave him the two dimes. He looked at me. They say, yo, this is this ain't enough. You can't even get a bag of chips with this. I looked at him like, well, give me like my twenty cents. I say, yo, this is why you're homeless, bro. This is why you're homeless. That's sad. <laughs> you want the world, but don't want to work for it. Like this guy literally told me it was not enough. I was like, all right, bro. I'm not. Ta- I'm not taking that twenty cents back anyway. <laughs> so if you had to pick a population on the train that you can live totally live without. What would that population be? Meaning what? Like, what do you mean? Like the Showtime guys. Oh, the Showtime guys. The are musicians, the the panhandlers, the homeless people, the oh the, the kids that sell snacks. Oh, I'll tell you right now. Which was if I there hate. was a population oh, of I'll people tell you right now. on the train that right. you can live without. I hate the ones that talk when they phone on speaker. Yes. These motherfuckers. They yes. come on the train. They're having a conversation with the other person on the line yes. on speaker. Number one, take them off a speaker. Number two, what year we in? Get some headphones. Number three, why do you even have service? We don't want to hear that shit. Not fucking six o'clock in the morning. And not after I finish a day's work, I'm going home. I'm on the train halfway nodded out and you're talking really loud. Like, really, bro? Like, is your conversation that important that you really real need to have? obnoxious conversations. Oh, my God. Like, man. yo, bro, word to my mother, summon that bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what about the, what? I, I can't hear you. I'm on the train. Yo, what? No, I'm, I'm saying I'm on the train. You're not hearing me. How about you just hang up? You know, They'll get the clue. You know <laughs> who we can add to that list? The people who play games on their phones with the volume on uh, hundred, I want to just snap or like they're on Facebook and it's like, I want to just snatch their fucking phone out of their hand and like, like 
do you have to hear that? Bing, 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 bing. Playing Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> or what's that Candy Crush? Oh, man. What about that noise that excites you? Because it annoys me. Yo, anything on speaker, anything. What about the people that watch movies without yeah, headphones? Yeah, they're on that same list as well. Yo, those I can do. I, I, I can take the panhandling because I just ignore them or I give them money. I can take that. I could take the kids selling candy. At least they're not selling drugs. Right. I could take the dances. At least they're doing something for it. I could. I, I can take a lot of things. Even the homeless people, because I'll just change cards if they don't. If they don't. If they smell bad enough. I kind of like the musicians though. Yeah. Sometimes. Some. It depends what they play though. You got the little just the guy with the acoustic guitars. I could deal with yeah, that. Yeah, I like the music. But sometimes, like the loud banging drums, I could take certain drums. I like the drums. You don't like the no, drums? No, I don't like those loud banging drums. Because it depends on my mood is. Because okay. half of the time, when I do take the training, when I'm coming from work, when you finally sit down after standing up all day, you have a tendency to about to pass out. So it's like, yo, you're not in the mood I love to the anything. congas. My uncle used to play the congas. So uh, I love it. It's a couple of acts that I've seen get on the train and they play the mm. congas. And I love it. It's sort of like mm. it goes through you, that that. It just goes through you. I love it. Yo, but there's so many things that people do in this New York City train. So if we had one population of train riders that we want to X out during the post-COVID train culture, it's going to be the people who utilize their cell phones on Anything speaker. on speaker. Oh, Anything on the speaker. ones that had the, the, the Bluetooth speakers playing the music. Yeah. That, and when that sign clearly says no speakers. Yeah, that's annoying. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Send us an email of anybody, anything that when you want to change, just wish you could just be like, get rid of this person, get rid of this habit at something interesting radio at gmail.com and let us know what you think because I personally cannot take the people talking on their phone on speaker. Yeah, I can't let us do, know what you mind. can't take. Huh? How about the fruit vendors? I like the fruit vendors. They're, the, they're not actually on the train, so I, I, I'll survive. They don't bother me. I'll survive. I actually like the mangoes with lime juice. Yo, speaking, yo, remember back in the days? This is old. When they said they were selling the batteries for a dollar? Yeah, <laughs> the Duracell batteries. They used to be like, the dollar, one dollar, one dollar, one dollar. One dollar, battery, one dollar, one dollar. And that yeah. was the same person that sold the little light up toys. Remember they yo everything like oh the those little spinning words. Oh yes. man, bootleg CDs, DVDs. The subway was a source of income for a lot of people, man. Yes. It was a business platform. Back so you're in the saying days. that all the people that still to this day utilize the subway as a business platform, they don't annoy you. I, they don't annoy me. They don't really do it anymore, though. I get kind of upset when I see the cops having them pulled over, issuing summonses. I'm like, really? But like the money they just made today, they're gonna have to fucking pay a summons. Like they're not harming anyone. I've seen transactions where you got like regular vendors selling like churros and and mangoes and stuff. For some, I seen the cops pass, but I don't bother them. I guess they don't really care. But I guess I guess physically on the train though maybe because sometimes if they are well on the riders, train yeah well on the train yeah because it's too bulky you know what I'm saying yeah, and like, also probably bothering people like if people people are just sitting down so I I don't know but as far as how it used to be back then where you actually see people making a living off the train selling batteries DVDs, how about the cotton movies, candy person on cotton the train candy, remember that flowers the blow up uh, balloons remember the blow up balloons it was a guy that would ride like the A train. He, the, 
And you mean, it was like, like they a, had it twisted and making it into like a sword of a dog, those people? No, no, no. It was like he had like a long broomstick and he had a bunch of like beach balls or like oh. a blow up, like just blow up thing, like beach toys, you know, like oh. beach volleyballs. And that's he way just back had, then, then. Yeah, that's real. That's way, way back, back then. then. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of merchants, I would say. I, I'm going to use the word merchants. How about, do you remember the one that used to sell pillows out of a shopping cart? No. Nah, those were disgusting pillows. Who's buying that? People. Uh, yo, Bowie Junction, right? There's always a guy out there outside the station. You see where he sells like sneakers and everything. Shout out to Broadway Junction. That is the one of the most. Choose your words carefully. If you guys could only see the look I gave Woody. Okay, I'm gonna choose. <laughs> she looked like she wanted to say something, but thought about what she really wanted to say. I'm gonna choose this next adjective very carefully. It's one of the most interesting <laughs> train stops I, yeah, that was a good I've choice of word I've had to frequent that, that was actually a good it's choice of word I was some shit <laughs> if it's not a fight what else could you have what else could happen at Broadway Junction you said if it's not a fight if it's not a fight or a riot a riot or a whole someone got robbed someone got jumped this is the worst part though tell them why it's weird how that happens at that station if you think, if you, think about what I'm thinking about. Why is, Boy, why is it weird that these things happen at Boy Junction? Because the neighborhood is in? No, there's a police station right there. Oh, yeah, there is. There's, <laughs> there's a precinct right Inside there. Inside the station. So why, <laughs> but the same for Hoyt and Skimmerhorn. There's a precinct in Hoyt and Skimmerhorn. Why is that train station so shady? Yo, honestly. But Broadway Junction is the worst. I would say Broadway Junction takes the cake <laughs> over Hoyt and Skimmerhorn. I think Bowie Junction, you have the A train coming in, you have the C train coming in, the J train coming in, the L train coming in. The Z train has always been there, but it does not exist. I swear it does not exist. I've taken the Z train maybe like twice in my life. But that's because it was substituted for the J train. It's during express, is uh, during express hours, the J train no runs. I've never touched the Z No, train. I'm telling you, the J train runs during express hours. I thought J train runs all the time. The Z, the Z, I'm oh, sorry. Oh. The Z. The Z runs during express hours. I've never done And on top of that, you have the buses from outside coming in. So Broadway Junction is like, it's just like, and there you go, Broadway also, Junction. There goes the name. And also, it's sort of like the mecca of like a lot of impoverished neighborhoods. Yes. And it's sort of like the meeting point of the A and the C are coming from Bed-Stuy. The, the L, L is coming, is coming from, East, from New East New York, Bushwick. The J train. The J train is also coming from Williamsburg, Bushwick. Now, mind you, Williamsburg is a coveted neighborhood nowadays. Oh, but man, back in nice the now. days, Williamsburg rough. was rough. <laughs> 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 now, everyone, a lot of people are moving into Williamsburg. But that J line was nothing to fuck with when I was growing up. <laughs> The J line was always wild too because I used to take the J in the morning going to school. And in the afternoon going home, you had Cypress High School. That was a bad school, man. And you just had everybody meeting at Broadway Junction. And a lot of these people did not go home. No, they didn't. They didn't. chilled at Broadway Junction. So if you had a problem with somebody, chances they, are. You were going to meet them. You were going to see them at, at Broadway, Broadway Junction. Junction. So Broadway Junction got history, man. We might as well make that a landmark. 
<laughs> well, a lot of uh, people used to go to Broadway Junction to meet, you know, like to, oh, let's go to Broadway Junction. There's a lot of guys hang out there. Or the it's guys, oh, girl. let's go to Broadway Junction. A lot of girls hang out there. So, like, for high school point. children, it was like a meeting point. Well, yeah. at least in my high school days, I'm pretty sure it's still like that. I used to meet one at Broadway Junction when we were going to school. Be like, yo, man, because he takes the L, I take the A. And we'll take the J. So right. Like, yo, man, I mean, you. And one of us will get there earlier than the other, waiting on the other one. Like, yo, where's this motherfucker at? <laughs> now, I have to tell you, Woody, that if you're not familiar with that station, you will get fucked up in laws. You have uh, to know and give that person precise directions on where to meet you. Meet me by the, the third by the stained elevator. glass. <laughs> meet me by the third stained glass window <laughs> where the Jehovah Witness lady stands. No! <laughs> <laughs> we got laugh too loud. We got feedback. We got feedback. Hold up. Yo. <laughs> Tell I us about her. that lady. That is crazy. Tell us about the Jehovah Witness lady wow. that stands by the third stained glass window. Right before heading the corner. Up, right heading, before the corner. Yes. Do you oh, remember wow. that lady? I remember her, man. Yes. Is she still alive? I haven't I, seen her. I, well, I, I haven't taken, taken that station in a while. I drive now. I'm an adult, so... <laughs> No offense to anybody taking the train, but I still take the the train sometimes. It's like I don't take the train that frequently to be like, oh, I see this lady every day. But I be yo, I used to always see this lady, always rain, sleet, snow. She was stuck to her faith and she did not give up. And the crazy part is, is that I think she witnessed every single <laughs> fight, <laughs> every single hustle. Yo. Every single incident at Broadway Junction, I think the Jehovah Witness lady. <laughs> I'm, she look, she was Jehovah's Witness. No, that was yo. She was witness. She was the city's witness. She was witnessing everything. She saw everything. Yo, and she, she always wore a skirt, no matter the temperature. Yo, she could have been a pure informant. Nobody knew. Where she, she could have just been NYPD herself. Right? She saw everything. She probably was on their payroll because <laughs> she did see everything. Yo, but yo, wow, the history behind Bull Rejection is crazy. Years yeah, and years of... ago in the Bull Rejection, man. Do you remember when they were fixing the stair the the escalator and only one side? Oh, that only, is a steep walk. Only the upside. <laughs> at least they left the upside to be the one that works. But yo! do you remember how horrific it was I... when they were fixing that escalator? I remember that was out for a while. And I remember that's how I got used to going up and down the stairs on my own. Yeah. Because sometimes people, was, you have the idiot that stands in the escalator, escalator and just does. Move over. For people that's listening, let me give you a rule of thumb. Hold on, hold on. Huh? MTA, stairwell, escalator culture. Shoot. Step to the right if you're not going to move. Pure code. Don't step to the left and block the way. Anybody that's on an escalator, if you're not walking up or down on the escalator, just stay to the right side of the escalator and create the path. What do you say to the people who are like, well, it's an escalator. What are you trying to walk up for? Moving steps doesn't mean you don't move. You know what I say? <laughs> get out of my way, you lazy fuck. Yo, I'm just, I want to get upstairs, but the escalator allows me to do it quicker. While the escalator's moving, I'm moving also. Right, because. It speeds up the process. Some people are of the school that, oh, this is an escalator. It's not designed for you mm -hmm. to walk. And I'm like, no, the escalator is just going to help me get up where I need to go faster because <laughs> I don't want to just stand here. So step to the right. Yes. I'm known to be an escalator oh, bully. I hate I'm those sorry. people, man. It's like. I have to admit, I'm an escalator bully. Like, I will shove you out of the way and, like, 
get out of the way. Like, step to the right. Even on the sidewalk. I'm like, nobody knows the, to the right rule. Like, when you walk, you walk to your right side. Right. If, you, if I'm walking down a corridor, we both can't be walking on the left side. You just made me remember something. You what? asked me what... Am I not missing? Or I think I never answered the question uh, about what am I not miss, missing? No, what are you missing? What am I missing? Can I tell you on. what I'm not missing? What? The tourists. Well, I like tourists. It just, it just makes me feel like I know what I'm doing around here. Uh, the tourists in Manhattan. What's wrong with them? Um, shout out to all the tourists that made the city what They is. don't know. Well, first of all, our city doesn't depend on tourism. Oh, yeah, they just depend on heavy tax dollars. There you go. So the same thing you were just talking, they don't know the culture of our city. And I, I'm not even sure if it's the culture of our city or if it's just common sense because everywhere else you go to in America, you drive on the right. Yeah. Right? So it's not a New York City culture thing. It's a common sense thing. And... I find like they only do this in New York because I'm an avid traveler and I've traveled to a lot of different cities like in America and the tourists, they they don't just stop short and start looking up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. or is it that we're just taking it for granted because we're so used to seeing these skyscrapers that to us is like mm -hmm. whatever, but it really annoys the fuck out of me when I'm walking <laughs> and the group of 10 tourists stop short dead stop dead stop like they just noticed the red light Arr! or the real estate on the corner to cross the street is limited there's a little pad where the pedestrians stand to wait for the light to change that real estate is limited on some corners some corners you have a nice big corner corner but the majority of streets it's about the same size the real estate that people get to stand and wait for the light to change why are you standing here and five lights have changed and I'm yet to be able to get across because I can't. You're blocking. And you're and looking I, left. You're looking right. Look at you. Making, I'm like, you're making a decision. And then you say, excuse me, like 10 times. And I'm, they don't understand that you're like, what? I don't I, know. Help me. It's the New York in us. Because we, you already know we're fast paced. We don't like to wait for anything. Right. I seen this meme the other day where... It says me when I pass somebody driving slow. I pat. It says zoom by them. And say slow. You call them like slow bitch. When somebody zooms past you, you like okay, speed racer. Right. So it's like when it's done to you, it's different. So it's like I think in New York we see so much on a speedy lifestyle. Even me sometimes when I'm driving, I'm like I just gotta get there. But when I get there, what am I doing? Right. Nothing. So I think we we so accustomed to just rushing for everything. That other people live that lifestyle where they didn't really have to rush. They live in slow-paced areas where, for example, if you are at a stoplight, right, there's the turning light. That turning light turns green. How much time do you give before you honk that person in front of you? I don't like honking my horn, so sometimes, like, I've been known to, like, let the whole light... You are smoking. Yeah, I... That title light like has a short lifespan. No, I know, but I kind of like have a lot of patience when it comes to driving, and I don't like to beep uh, my horn unless I have to. That light turned right before that light turned green. I probably honked the person. Yeah, oh, so you're that guy. I'm that because I know that light. You're that, that guy. That light has that's a five second lifespan, the light. and it's like seventeen cars waiting to turn. 
So you're that guy that before the light turns green, you're beeping. I'm that guy. Oh, gosh, Woody, you're. I that don't guy. beep him like. Sometimes I give them, I just beep them just to know, because you could tell who's not going to turn. Because number one, sometimes they kind of fall from the, from the, from the curb. So like, this, this dude does not know, like, this is the turning lane. Like, he has to be on point. Like, get ready. This is showtime. Like, this is it. Like, be ready. Be prepared. Have your gas. Like, your, your car better be on drive. The signal better be on. You better be, yo, get your ready to press, on. Cause ready to press gas. You better be ready to go like it's, like it's a drag race. Because that, I'm telling you, that turn lane is like, it, the lifeline is very short. Only two cars could turn? Yo, the situation was like, only two cars got to turn. Because like, this dude is not paying attention. I'm like, yo, bro. And I'm like, boop, boop. I've, I've, what I've done before is, the turning light is there. Say like, they're like five cars ahead of me. There's always like a delay for that first person to turn. So it's like, it just ate into the clock. And there's like one more car left, and that guy's slowing down like he's not gonna take it. I jump out the lane, I cut around him. So you have road rage. I do not have road rage. So what would you call that? I call that somebody not paying attention because now you know what what's processing? I'm like, all right, now I gotta wait for the regular straight light. Now I gotta wait for the other side light in order for the. Then I gotta wait for like for some reason the turning light never ever goes. Like at a decent pace, it, it waits for every other light, and it takes forever to come back on. I'm gauging that Woody has a bit of road rage. No, if you please email us, let us know like about the turning lanes. Like, does it really bother you that people do like they take the turning lane, the left turn actually, for granted? They don't treat it like a reg- like they treat it like a regular light technically. And it only has like a two a two car span. Yo, it has like a two three car span. If, if like if somebody's really on point, you get you can squeeze five cars in there. Woody, I'm gauging that you must have one of these turning lanes by your home, and this is something that you encounter frequently. Yo, because I don't encounter these turning lanes frequently. Do they have Morocco in Atlantic? I think they have. They have. I think they do have a turning light. I don't know, but no, yeah, on Atlantic and Rockaway they do. Like when you're coming from Rockaway to turn on to Atlantic, yeah, so they do. I'm telling you, I've come across them where you have to be on point because those lights do not last that long. Man. They're unforgiving, huh? They're unforgiving. Yo, they are. They are brutal. Like they, this, like yo, man, should you should have beeped that guy before I even turned green. Now you gotta wait another two minutes. So now back to what I was saying, Woody. So you like tourists? I don't want tourists. Like. I'm like, hey, excuse me, do you know how to get to so-and-so? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know you do this. To me, tourism is cool because you see the different people that come to just... They show you what you're missing sometimes because sometimes they're actually for directions. And being that we live in New York, how often do we really, really visit a lot of these sites that everybody's going for? We experience these things every day. It's like second nature. It's like, do you miss... Your feet every day? Do you miss your hands? <laughs> you see them every day. But sometimes, like... Do you miss your foreman? Nah, depends on which one it is. But nah, like, for example, when I go on my bike rides, like, I've noticed things in my neighborhood, like, driving, I never noticed. No, yeah, I understand that part. I mean, so sometimes a tourist being around, they like, yo, how do you get to so-and-so? Or you see people just looking at certain things. You're like, hey, I never stopped to really notice that. So I, I, but does that take away from the fact that they are annoying? <laughs> because I understand everything you're saying. You know, you're not like, giving that up, are you? No, I'm not because they're <laughs> freaking annoying. They're like they cause traffic jams. They stop in the middle of the street, and it's like, 
when I'm in the city, I have to visit the city every day because that's where I work. They, like, mess me up. They mess up my, my schedule. They mess up my timing. If when I go out to lunch, I can't, like, do things that I normally want to do. And since the COVID, it's been beautiful. The tourists are, like, not in the city. The streets are clear. You can, like, walk across the street. Like, no one's taking up the real estate on the corner. So I love reg- it. So regular people that don't throw your timing off? No, I'm not saying that, but... Tourists, since they're not so familiar with the culture of our city, it's sort of more of a thorn in my side. Throw off your groove, I guess. Just like people that don't walk on the right side. There you go. (laughs) Everyone has their thing, and my thing is with these tourists. So, now, Woody, we have come to the closing of our program. But before we actually reach that facet of our program is there anything else you want to add um closing out my closing view is i'm looking forward to the nfl season the basketball season is you know it's coming to an end with the championship i'm looking forward to see how the nfl is going to do it because i'm a big fan of nfl guy you know who's your favorite team now wait do you follow teams or a specific players? player and it I'm doesn't matter what guy. you're a team I'm guy a team. basketball i follow players Football, I'm a team guy. I bleed blue. Go Giants. I don't understand that following players concept, though. For example, I'm a Kevin Durant fan. I mean, I know what it is, but I know what it is, so you don't really have to explain it to me. But I just don't understand why you would follow an individual player as opposed to a whole team. For example, like, let's just say Kevin Durant comes to the Knicks. Right. Which he probably never will do, but let's just say he does. Isn't I'm, he always hurt? Not really. He's he just had a real bad injury, so he kind of mm-hmm. lingered the past season and a half, two seasons. And I'm not a sports connoisseur here. I'm just <laughs> by default, I'm obligated to listen to sports. No, I mean I do enjoy them, but I'm not a connoisseur. I'm not really. I I, I don't dwell too much on basketball itself, but football is my thing. But, for example, like, I follow plays in basketball because I don't follow the sport fully. Okay. So it's easy for me to keep track of a player. Like, all right, I like this player. I like Kevin Durant. I like Dwayne Wade. You know what I'm saying? I like Russell Westbrook. So, I, so every if, year you can have a team that you're going with. No, I don't go for, for the NBA. I don't go for a team. So, for example, Kevin Durant's on the Nets now. I'm, I'm, I just want Kevin Durant to win. So you're not rooting for the Nets to win. You're rooting I, for Kevin I really Kevin don't really care, but I was like, I just want to see the success of Kevin Durant. I want to see the success of Russell Westbrook. So let's say that the Nets scored 100 points and they lost to the opposing team, but Durant got 80 of those 100. Is that a good game for you? I mean, to me, it's, it's a good thing, but it's not really... It's not beneficial to him because he's still not getting closer to winning that championship because his team lost. Right. So I need the team to win in order for him to get his goal. So whatever team he goes to, I'm going to cheer for him. Not specifically the team, but it benefits the team to win because then he's getting some of the accolades as far as getting a ring. Like, Russell Westbrook, he didn't win a championship yet. And I'm like, man, I want Russell to win a chip. I want Russell to win a chip because I like his style of play. I like the way he carries stuff on the court and things like that. So that's why I follow a player as far as basketball because I don't, I'm not too deep into that sport itself. Now football, I'm a Giants fan. I would never root for any other team, no matter how bad the Giants have been doing terrible the past couple of seasons. Even last season they were terrible. I still bought tickets and went to the game. Ask Spike Lee. He is a Knicks fan. He spends 
over a hundred thousand dollars on last tickets. Last time the Knicks won a ring, I think it was nineteen seventy three. I think it's seventy three to seventy two. One of, but it was in the seventies during the we Phil weren't Jackson even era. Born, Woody. I wasn't even born yet. That's how terrible that franchise is. So I would never follow a Knicks. I'm I'm just not a, Jeff. On the other hand, is a Knicks fan. No matter who they get. So when you're a team fan, no matter who they bring on board, it's whatever. You still. Going that, for that team. With the team But if you're a players fan If that player go, Let's just say I used to hate The Rockets Houston Rockets Now Kevin Durant's on the Rockets I'm like oh, alright snap Let's go Let's go Let's go Rockets I'm rooting for the Rockets to win Because my player's on there That's borderline corny though In no, my opinion Some people Some people actually don't like that yeah, Following a player I'm, But yeah. everybody has favorite players though like, I mean yeah I understand like Everyone has favorite players But I just can't wrap my brain around the concept that you root for a specific player and whatever team that one player in particular goes to, that's your team now. I become a team whore at that point when I become a player. <laughs> so I was like, I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. Eli Manning retired. That was my guy. So I'm looking forward to the NFL season. I want to see, because I was actually planning on going to a game. I was looking up tickets and you got to sign a waiver based on what's going on. Then now they're talking about they might be limited fans. 1500 to 3000 1500 each side so it's, it's confusing so I'm just gonna do what I do I, 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 I love going to football games so I'm happy you brought this up Woody because I've had a question lingering and I really want it answered <laughs> so now with this uh, Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. that we have going on and Colin Kaepernick was shunned Mm-hmm. When he was sort of like one of the pioneers with the movement, I would say. As far as the kneeling. Well, as far as the kneeling. I don't mean mm-hmm. like the movement in general. As mm-hmm. far as like the kneeling and in sports. Mm-hmm. He kind of was like the pioneer in like trying to raise awareness of what these players were going through. Do you see a team picking him up now? It's going to be tough because now supposedly all the teams are randomly on board now. So, and what what are your what's your take on these players that shunned him and now they're like on board with him because I understand that like the ultimate goal was to get all these players mm-hmm. on board with him and to utilize this platform that they have to make awareness or to bring awareness to what's going on. Mm-hmm as far as the Black Lives Matter movement is concerned, what's your take on like these athletes who initially was like, oh, Colin shouldn't be doing that. He's, and again, this is not verbatim. Colin shouldn't be doing this. He's, a dis- disrupt- he's disrupting the game. He's disrespecting the American flag. I could go on and on, you know, with all the different comments that were being made when he first started taking this position. What do you anticipate is going to be the new culture with these players now that they are finally utilizing this platform that has been afforded to them to speak out against the systemic racism that has been going on in sports for ages? Well, I want to start off. I don't want to go straight to the Black Lives Movement. I just want to go to like basic, basic equality and civil rights because black rights is their own thing. And so, just off of basic equality and civil rights, what Cap started doing is, he's, in his words, he wanted to bring attention and awareness to it. So, again, 
a lot of teams felt uncomfortable with that, which been a long time where it's a conversation a lot of people were uncomfortable with. So now, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt of what these teams are now doing. Are they really for it? Or is it because the pressure is on now? They just, right. They're just going with the flow. So are you really for it? Or and, and are some of these teams slash owners or investors realizing this is affecting their money now? Are they really for it? Or is it the money aspect of things? So to me, it's, it's still a little fuzzy because you have the commission that came out and stated, you know, he's in full support of this, this and that. But when Kaepernick was doing it, nobody said a word. And he was continuously, systemically shunned. Yes. And whether they have evidence of it or not, we all know what the truth is. So all these players that saying, oh, they infer it now, it's, it's, it's all good. Should we buy it? I don't know how much money it's going to cost to buy that. Because I feel like, where were you... When Colin needed your back, ex- yeah, like well, not Colin, not so much him in particular, but the movement. What, yeah, the awareness that he was trying to bring, yeah, and everybody made it as far as disrespecting the flag. When he was not trying to disrespect the flag, all right, people look at it as if this if he tells you it's, it's not about the flag or. And it's constantly repeated, like, it's not about the flag. Okay, if, if he's disrespecting the flag, explain to him why you feel he's disrespecting the flag. But in return, listen to him why he's doing what he's doing. So at that point, no one was willing to listen. So right. I think that's what the problem was. Like, okay, he's disrespecting the flag. What flag, what the flag is representing, is it... Representing you? Is it representing him? Is it representing America? Like, what's going on? It's sort of like an oxymoron, right? Because the flag is representing freedom and he's some feeling people, oppressed. Some people don't get that freedom. So it's, to, it's, it's, it's a whole deeper problem. So the NFL itself has, has, has that battle where they have to convince, they have to convince the, the, the customers, which is the ticket buyers, which is the people that buy the jerseys, which is the people that watch their sport. Like... They really are in, but and I'm hearing NBA players also chime in. NBA players always had more power than NFL players because in what sense? For starters, NBA players have fully guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. NFL players do not. They can get they can sign get signed today, and they could get cut tomorrow. This NFL players, NFL players, so NBA Portion, are guaranteed contracts. NBA contracts, if they sign you for six years, a hundred million. You're six years, a hundred million, unless you violate that contract, whether you injure yourself doing something you're not supposed to do. But NFL player, if 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 the team signs you for six years, a hundred million, they could tell you out of that hundred million, only fifty million is guaranteed, which means you still have to tote the line for the extra 50 you still have to perform the way they want you to perform if they don't like how you bring attention to the team they can get rid of you okay so in NBA players I've always had that power and I always felt like they had a better union shout right. out to the unions shout they out. had a better union than the NFL players and the fact that where the owners kind of put in the, the players union put the play, uh, owners in a position where they kind of have to really listen to the players okay instead of the NFL owners like I don't gotta listen to you I'll cut you and guess what no other team will pick you up because we'll have like yo this guy don't bring him in like in a form of Kaepernick sort of like what they did to he's a problem he's, he's, he's ruining our league right but the NBA so he like, got blackballed and the NBA like if you cut this guy two years into his contract he has, he's still on for three years so you still have to pay him 
you still got to pay them. And guess what? These NBA players, they stick together because their money is guaranteed. That's what, how I look at it. NFL players are like, wow, man, like, do I really want to be on Kaepernick's side and you know, mess up my extra $50 million, my extra $100 million? Mm, That's interesting. So it kind of falls in the aspect of also two personal interests. I didn't interests. know that. So that, I feel like It's sort of like if I back up Colin, I'm risking my contract I'm risking because my it's contract not guaranteed. Because it's not guaranteed. I didn't know that. That's something interesting. <laughs> and th- that's another thing. So NBA players, baseball players. Sidebar, we're going to work on a, there's something interesting sound effect. Continue with it. <laughs> we need to. We put that in. Just like a highlight. So, so with that being said, the season is, is, the season is definitely going to be interesting based on the COVID situation, right? What's going on in the country now? As far as how a lot of sports, they they really involve in equality. So how's the how's the NFL going to carry that? Because one of the things is certain venues didn't want to deal with it. So now it's it's all out there. How they how they gonna actually do it? Didn't want to deal with what in particular? We're just bringing the racism, the bringing politics, the yeah, bringing politics, the the the, the talk of inequality onto the field onto the sport period so it's forefront even where certain teams were sitting out practice as as a sign of of a protest right i saw that a couple of teams uh again i'm not a sport connoisseur but i noticed that like a couple of teams they were like slated to play and nba they didn't play yeah the players said they're not playing and the league had to cancel those games Okay. And they they really had to, they had a meeting with the players to they came to an agreement where the players one of the things is they wanted to encourage voting where they stated some of the owners that own the arenas that the teams play in opened those up as voting voting stations. Okay. So that's as far as getting the community involved in voting. So the NBA players again have more power where they can actually flex their muscle. Right. So they can actually we're not playing. So. Let me just make sure that I'm understanding this correctly. So now, if the NFL players were to do something like this, the following day they can wake up and find that they've all been dropped from their contracts. Not all, but they, it's easier for the NFL to send a message. Right. It's much easier. Okay. They're like, all right, we're going to eeny, meeny, miny, mo cut. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo cut. You guys still want to do this? We can cut you. And guess what? The likelihood of you finding another team to pick you up is very slim. Do you anticipate that changing with the culture or with the temperature and the climate of what's going on today in society, do you anticipate that changing? As far as players are always going to get cut in the NFL based off a skill set level anyway. Well, as far as the owners having that having so much say or having the authority to like not pay you out on your contract because I just find that like hard to wrap my brain around because I was always under the belief that a contract is a contract that's now, a, that, that's gonna, within that, their contract is there a stipulation that says what you told me like you're only guaranteed half of this contract the contract's been out for example you said the contract could be only half of your money is guaranteed doesn't mean so you're not entitled to it. So the verbiage is that. Like, the verbiage matters a lot. And okay. actually, we could bring somebody on. I have a friend which is very deep into just the league and everything. We, we can save, save that for one of these episodes. Okay. But the, the verbiage on a contract matters. For example, you have, let's just say you have a quarterback. 
His contract is 100 million. He's guaranteed 70 million. Injury, whatever, he's guaranteed that money. They cut him, he's guaranteed that money. Now the other 30 million comes in place. Okay, you throw 50 touchdowns this season. You bring us to the playoffs. We win the so championship. It's like incentives. It's, it's incentives okay. for that back end. Oh, if you're still on our roster by X amount, by so and so date, you get additional 10 million. Got it. You know what I mean? So they make it where, all right, if we cut this guy, he's not on our roster, we automatically save $10 million. Right. Oh, he didn't, you know, oh, if we, and plus, if we keep him from not being on our team, which means he can't get those 50 touchdowns, that's another 15 million we just saved. Or he didn't do 100 uh, rushing yards or that's, whatever. That's another money. So they cut him based on things like that. And sometimes you have, you, you have certain way that the contract is set up where cutting a player is beneficial to the team. So would you say that the NFL is a more stressful culture than the NBA? NFL is not because you could be in a locker room one day next thing you know, oh, so-and-so got cut. The team released them. So it's more stressful, NBA, as far as job security. Job security, yeah, because in NBA, you good. Your money's good. Your performance, you got to still work on, but as far as that, your money's good. They signed you, you on the team, you you show up to practice, you play, you good, your money's guaranteed. Now, if you suck and, you know, it's not like you're you, you being disgruntled, you just, you're not performing, then your money's still good. Because you have that contract. You have that contract. Got it. Hmm. Yeah, so Something that's 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 my closing take, and hopefully the season is good. What's your what's your closing take? Well, today, Woody, I would like to talk about a day in history. What happened today, September seventh, nineteen fifty four? Mm. So September seventh, nineteen fifty four, actually marks the day that Washington D.C. And Maryland integrated children into their school system. If you are not familiar with the Brown versus Board of Education decision, which was handed out on May 17, 1954, mm-hmm. by the Supreme Court, and what this decision that the Supreme Court made was to desegregate all public schools across the nation because at this point, the public school system were separate but equal. So we really know what that means, right? (laughs) We really know what what separate but equal means. So on May 17, 1954, the Supreme Court handed down a ruling that they had to desegregate the schools and integrate all of the children into these high-performing schools. Washington, D.C. and Maryland didn't start doing this until September 7th. They were putting up a fight. They did not want to integrate the children into their schools, and they wanted to continue with separate but equal. So, yeah, all you guys that live out in D.C. and Maryland, (laughs) (laughs) they weren't trying to let your children be educated alongside other children. So what's your take on that? Ah. It, it, it was a long fought battle to get to where it is now, and don't take it. Don't take advantage. Should education be taken for granted? Nah, you should not, because no matter where you go, you're gonna need it. And can education ever be taken from you? you a mean? lot of things can be. This is a a, a concept that I I go by. A lot of things can be taken from you. Your pride, your dignity. This cap you're wearing, your jewelry, mm-hmm. 
I could take that tooth out your your mouth right now. But <laughs> once you me. learn something, it cannot be unlearned. You cannot. You That's cannot take my education away from me. You cannot. You could try to brainwash me, but you cannot take away what I already learned. Can't take it away. So you understand what I'm saying? You can't take that away from me. Once I learned it, I cannot unlearn it. And that's why education is the key. That's one thing like you said, they can't take away from you. So is your education. They can't. So back September seventh, back then, it was a change. Change that needed to happen. And there's no excuse there should be no excuses not to put yourself through a system where you get the best education. It shouldn't be a system where somebody has an automatic advantage based on where they live or how they look. Or so, their zip code. Or their zip code. So if 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 they work to get there, they're in there. What do you feel about this woman? I believe it was in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken, who was sent to prison because she wanted to enroll her child in a better school zone. And she actually got hit with prison. With prison, yeah. Nah, that's crazy. Oh, should we Google this? The woman was, yeah. she was sent to prison because she wanted to give her child a better education. And I guess she... Is it because she falsified some paperwork or... Well, I'm assuming that that's what she yeah, had to probably, do. Because, but we know the real reason, though. Because if, let's say, you live in zip code 11201 and you wanted your child to go to uh, school in zip code 11222, you would have had to... Say, hey, my child lives with Mary at yeah. zip code one one two two two, and she actually got sent to prison for that. They didn't want her to go there, so they hit her with the fake stuff that she provided. But that's what I'm saying. Like, why do people have to go to a certain extent just to just to educate themselves to the max? Like, why? Like, shouldn't it be granted Yo. under our constitution? Aren't Aren't our children guaranteed uh, education under our constitution? They're guaranteed education, but then again, you're missing the you're missing the key word: the quality of education. That's the problem. What's going on is the quality. You have a child that's in eighth grade, and you have another that's in the eighth grade in two different schools. But why is one having better books and and certain things much better than the other? So that's also a problem. Wow. So I just handed Woody over the article of the young lady who was sent. Was it five years they sentenced her wow. to? Wow, it says homeless mom sentenced five years in prison for using friend's address to enroll son in school. That is crazy. That is wow. Isn't that disheartening? She's homeless. How much more salt should we add to her injury? The fact is, that's that's just another form of someone keeping somebody else down then let's not even go too far because not too long after that do you guys also remember uh felicity hoffman from desperate housewife half a million dollars who paid money to rig her daughter's sat scores to ensure that her daughter gets sent to a good college do you know how long do you know what did she got 14 no two months couple months or how much she get? A couple months? I'm sorry? She got a couple months, She right? got a smack in the wrist. Was it a couple months? Let's see. I think it's a two months. Uh, I know it wasn't long. Number one, she paid. And she also had them do some paperwork saying her daughter was a child athlete. 
Yeah, do you remember? And they set up like a whole portfolio yeah. of the daughter in like athletic gear, yeah. saying that she like plays soccer or tennis or whatever the sport of choice was at that moment. And these people are like paying these tremendous amount of money to set up these fake portfolio for their children to go to these prestigious prestigious colleges which she probably not even gonna do the work to be which honest. she's not good how about i even doubt that she's gonna even be in attendance do you think that she'll even be in attendance doubt it and this homeless to, mother and this homeless mother who used her friend's address to enroll her son in school to get the actual education to get an actual education <laughs> come again woody <laughs> to get an actual education okay and she was sent to prison. What is your take on that? Uh, separate but equal. That, <laughs> so that, are we that's still kind of on still this? what it is. It's still it's separate still but equal, right? Is, yeah, but it's a problem we, we, we got to work on as a society. Otherwise, we're going to have a situation like this continue because it, it makes no sense. It, it makes no sense. So good take on the day in history. Because <laughs> it's still going on today, believe it or not. It is. So... It's, it's something that still resonates in 2020. Yeah, man. How long ago was this decision made? Uh, 1954 to 2020. That's almost 50, 70 50, years. 50. That's 64 years, correct? 54? Uh, yeah, 54 to 2020. So that's... 60... 66 years, maybe? 66 years yeah, that this decision was made to integrate the schools and we're still going through it trying to get a better education well let me ask you do you think is. that is it fair to say that they went from blatant black and white to now social economic classes yeah that's basically what it is so they 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 went away from just blatant separation black and white to now school zones they actually have school zones. They actually have school zones. And your house could be here and right across the street from your home, that school would be a 10 and your school would be a 4. And you can't go there. And you can't go to that and school. And it actually makes it worse because let's say that it's a bad neighborhood. They don't have the proper funding. You're getting less of education. So that neighborhood itself, it's going to be hard for that that neighborhood itself, that community, to, to, to get better. Regard it's systemic. It's gonna it's, it's gonna it's gonna be harder. And, and right across the street, you have a school that is a ten. And they smart in there, and they getting the proper education, and, and they take they it back rub, to the community. And they will rub in your face that your child does not attend this school. And and the kid go back with that good education, make their community better, but. Again, sometimes you just got to look past that and just find a way to just come up. If anyone out there is doing something positive for the Board of Education or any type of grassroots effects or grassroots movements where you're trying to improve your child's education or you're trying to improve the education of your community in a whole, um, drop us an email at... Here we go. Something interesting radio at gmail.com. Again, that's something interesting radio at gmail.com. And before we close out, we definitely want to give a shout out to small businesses. Our sponsor, Vashon2020. Again, House of Vashon on Instagram, V A S H U N 2020. Vashon. All right. Like fashion. <laughs> 
but def- with a V. Yes, and if you out there, you listen, you want to come on our show, again, shoot us an email. And we could try to get you out there, small businesses, any type of story you got to tell, any anything you want to talk about, reach out to us. You want the world to hear it, we'll try to put it out there. And that's it, Eric, anything else? Yeah, Woody, uh, what's your Instagram in case anyone of our listeners want to follow you? Follow me? Well, they can follow this page on Instagram, Something Interesting Radio. Is that our IG handle? That's our IG handle. How do you spell that? S-O-M-E-T-H-I-N-G-R-A-D-I-O. <laughs> and that's our show for the day. All right. Until next time, folks, take care, be safe, and be smart.